Well, good morning, church. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be so glad that you're here today because history is going to be made. It is. I tell you what, not the way you think, but history is going to be made. You know, you, you got to keep your commitments. And so before I knew, and this is such a privilege for me to be here, but before I knew I was going to be here, I had made a commitment to be in a variety show down in my community where I live. And we've been practicing for three months, me and nine women, typecasting. But anyway, we had the show last night. And as always, things ran over, and I didn't get away till after 10. And time I got home, changed clothes, we got on the road. And we got in last night about, uh, oh, Little about 12.30, and time I got to bed, and it was way after 1 o'clock anyway. And he say, Herb, why are you telling this? Well, I want you to hear how history is going to be made. Years ago, I had the privilege of going out to California and preaching in my mother's church in California in L.A., and I preached a message called the Jesus Touch. And my mom really wanted to take me to Universal Studios. And so we went there while I was out there, and she wanted her characters done. And so she took me to this artist that they had, and... He said, well, what does he do? He says, he's a minister. And so they had me behind a pulpit with a little bitty body, which was a blessing, a little bitty body with a great big head, and everybody in the congregation was sleeping. <laughs> well, I was, that offended me a little bit, but now I understand because here's how history is going to be made today. The congregation is going to be awake, and I'm going to be sleeping. <laughs> so if I fall asleep, just come up and tap me gently on the shoulder, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll continue. Well, turn in your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 38 through 42 this morning. And, you know, last week, uh, Dr. Mercer said that uh, they wanted somebody who was seasoned. Well, I want you to know something, that when you're seasoned, you learn some things. Because I used to tell people, turn over in your Bibles to such and such verse. Well, I finally dawned on me, it's hard for them to flip in their Bibles bodily. So I've changed that. So turn in your Bibles. And we're going to look at the uh, passage, and this is a very familiar story. And all of you probably already know it, but I want to bring out some thoughts from this passage. Uh, and so basically, it uh, starts with verse 38 and goes to uh, 42. And uh, please read with me as I read from the Word of God. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him in his house, into her house. She had a sister called Mary and also sat in, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. By the way, in my Bible years ago, I circled the word distracted. Uh, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and, and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the one thing which is needed. Now, the scenario here is uh, from our text is uh, Jesus and his disciples had come to Bethany. Now, at this time, Bethany was about two miles from Jerusalem in that day, and uh, at this juncture, Martha probably heard from him, heard about him, and she invited him and his disciples into her house. And when he went into the house, he began to, as he did, preach and teach. And Martha began to prepare a meal. Now, if you've ever been in that part of the country, this is their custom. I mean, I have had the privilege of being in Israel a couple of times and ministering. 
And I'll tell you one thing. I learned very quickly. You know, they had those little bitty cups of coffee that's so strong and knock your head off. And they just kept filling my little bitty cup. And finally, I said, I can't drink this stuff anymore. And I talked to the missionary. He said, well, Herb, leave a little in your cup. When you drain your cup, they think you want some more. You know, you need to teach people these kind of things. You know what I'm saying? Before they, you know, have a tremendous headache. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, it's bad stuff. You can pour it and cut it with a knife. But the thing is, is, you know, we were going from house to house. And we were working with the Jewish people the first time I went over there. And the Jews are an offshoot, offshoot of Islam. And they have a strange custom. They believe that when the Messiah comes, and, you know, this group, Jews, they really believe in miracles, <clears throat> that a man will birth the Messiah. So they wear pants that uh, have a big sack between the legs so they can catch the Messiah when he's born. Uh, just, it's amazing what people come up with. But every house we went to, we were invited in, and we sat down, and we drank either a little cup of coffee or orange drink. I drank so much orange drink, I turned yellow when I was over there. It was terrible. But, but that's a custom. So Martha, she invited these folks in, and so she immediately... She immediately started preparing a meal. That's their custom. And so anyway, she's preparing the meal, and she gets a little upset. Now, we'll talk about this a little bit more in a few minutes. And she goes to Jesus and makes a complaint against her sister. And he tells her, Martha, Martha, one thing is needed. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about that thing that's needed. And uh, I'm going to look at four things that I want you to look at this morning with me. And the first one is... Why is the Bible, why is the Word of God so important? Well, first of all, it tells us who we are without Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we would not know what our condition is if we didn't have the Word of God. Because I've learned that over the, over the years that we have a tendency to think more of ourselves than we ought to, or we have a tendency to think less of ourselves than we ought to. And yet when we read the Word, we find that we're all on the same level playing field we're all sinners before God. You know, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Without Christ <clears throat> and without the word, we would not know what our true condition is. Now, I don't know about you all. If I'm going to compare myself with somebody, I don't compare myself to Billy Graham. I want you to know that. And after you all get to know me, you'll say, boy, brother, her really talked to that first sermon because he sure know Billy Graham. But the thing is, Years ago, when I was much younger and could climb under bridges and was ministering in Atlanta, I had a street ministry where we'd go out to the street of Atlanta and we'd crawl under the bridges and we'd find the folks that were, you know, pushing baskets and just, you know, living on the street. We'd feed them and clothe them. And we had a uh, halfway house that if they were willing to come off the street, we'd take them to the halfway house, get them cleaned up. And then we'd take them up Tennessee to, to a ranch where they had to stay for a year and clean up and try to get them back into society. Tremendous, tremendous ministry. So if I had to compare myself to somebody, do I compare myself to Billy Graham? No way. Who do I compare myself with? I compare myself with the fellow, the lady on the street, because it makes me look really good, if you understand what I'm saying. So what we do is when we look in the mirror, it's, it's hard for us sometimes to be honest. I don't know, years ago I heard a, a song that said, man, I am so handsome. And I really look good, you know. But then there's other people looking at me, and all they see is one little thing. One little thing that just, maybe their nose is a little crooked. Or maybe they have one eyebrow a little higher than the other. And, 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 it's, and it bothers them. And so 
the word tells us what our condition is before God. And we need that to understand what our condition is. So the first thing we need to learn this morning, why is the word so important? Because it tells us who we really are and what our status is before God. Ladies and gentlemen, we all are sinners. We, we, we really are. But then not only does it tell us that we're, what our condition is, the word reveals attitudes to Martha and Mary. Mary. Um, Martha wasn't doing, she wasn't doing anything wrong. That's the custom. She was not doing anything wrong, you know. But the problem was she was around a lot of busyness. She was, she was trying to, you know, take care of things. And can you understand? She had God, the Son of God, the very creator of everything in her home. And Mary, she was sitting at Jesus' feet and she was listening with affection and excitement and pleasure. And she was taking it all in. But Martha, in her busyness, was distracted. She had the best that she could ever hope to have to sit at Jesus' feet. But she was doing that which is good. And she comes to Jesus and she makes a complaint. You know, as I studied this, I don't know if you all ever have any flashbacks. But I do, and I, it, it kind of took me back many, many years ago when my brother went to my dad and made a complaint against me. Now, I'm the oldest of five, and this is my brother that's two years younger than me, who, uh, he got all the height, I got all the brains. But anyway, he's six foot four, and uh, he's very introverted at this time in his life, very introverted. And so we decided we'd, we'd have a uh, grass business. And so I go knock on door because, you know, when you get to know me, I don't mind talking. I knock on door and say, Mrs. Brown, can we cut your grass? She says, how much you charge? $3. I don't care if it was an acre, a little square pot. It was $3. That was the price. She said, sure. So I'd say, okay, Bob, start cutting the grass and I'll go get us another job. And I'd go in and see Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Mrs. Smith. Can we cut your grass? Well, how much do you charge? $3. Y'all admit it's $3. Then after Bob got done, I knocked on the door. Mrs. Brown, you want to come and look? Make sure we did a good job. That we did a good job? And she said, oh, wonderful. And she paid me $3. Well, you know, I give my brother a dollar and I put two in my pocket. True story. Well, after a week or two, Bob got tired of this and he went to dad. He says, dad, Herb's not being fair with me. I'm doing all the work, and he's collecting money, and he's keeping $2 and only giving me a dollar. My dad pulls out his belt. I'm going, now, see, I came up on a different day. We had things that called whipping. Now, I'm going to tell you, if my dad lived today, he'd be under the jail, and, I, and I'd be a stinker. Well, I'm a stinker anyway. But anyway, I said, wait a minute, Dad, wait a minute. I mean, the fear of God was in my heart. I said, wait a minute, Dad, wait a minute. Don't you own your own business? He said, well, you know I do. I said, do you pay your employees the same thing that you pay? Well, no. I said, well, well Bob don't understand. He's my employee. <laughs> I'm management. He's labor. My dad laughed. He died laughing. And he said, Bob, you better get into management. Now, I lost my grass business, and today, when my brother and I get together, I remind him that I, you know, he's no longer extroverted, 
and he's a very successful businessman in Broomfield, uh, Colorado, has a huge salvage business, and every time I see him, I say, Bob, I made you everything you are today. <laughs> so here's what happened. Martha goes to Jesus, and she makes a complaint against her sister. You know, she had the opportunity, like Mary, to sit at Jesus' feet. But instead, she chose to get busy. You know, I thought about this this week as I was studying Monday, before I gave my notes to Peggy. I sat in my office and I thought, you know, and you know, I look back in my Bible and I have this word and I circled it years ago. Distracted. You know, Satan, one of Satan's ploys is to get us distracted. Where we leave that which is the, the best, the most important thing, and we get caught up in business, or we get caught up in something that is, is, is not really eternal, but it's temporal. And we fill our time with things that really, in the test of time, really don't make any difference. And so, she also forgot nothing. She complained about her sister. Ladies and gentlemen, one thing I hope while I'm with you that I, I can teach you, we're family. We are family. We've got to make sure that we stay in one accord. We've, we've got to make sure that we love one another. Not complain about not one another, not, not talk about one another. Love one another. And the one thing we never need to do it's complain about the bride of Christ. You know, it, it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when I hear negative comments about any church. Do you all realize that Christ died for the church? Do you not realize that we are in the Bible said to be the bride of Christ? I don't know about you all. I don't get real happy if somebody starts talking about my wife. Because she's my bride. And so, she makes a complaint. She forgot that they were family for a moment. She was not, she was not happy. So, it reveals our attitude. Sometimes the Bible reveals our attitude. Are, are we excited about Christ? Or are we going to say, oh man, it's Sunday. Well, I guess I'll go to church today. What are, what are your priorities? See, Martha's priorities were misplaced. As I said before, she had the privilege to sit at the feet of Jesus, the very Son of God in a room. But she chose to do something that was good. She, what she was doing was not wrong. But she chose to do something that was good rather than something that is best. Ladies and gentlemen, if, if, I, if you get anything out of this message this morning, what I wanted you to, to get out of it is test everything you do. Does it have a temporal value or does it have an eternal value? When you get to be up seasoned like I am, that's the new word for old, if you, if you get to be seasoned, you'll learn that what's important is that which is eternal, not that which is temporal. 
And what we need then, we need to understand Satan's ploys. Satan will always try to get us distracted. He'll try and get us to do something that's good. There's nothing wrong with sometimes what we do, but it's not the best. It's not, it's not something that is eternally lasting. And, and what he'll do very slowly, he'll put something in front of you that, that may, you have to make a choice that, between the eternal and the temporal. And if you choose the temporal, what happens to you very slowly, very slowly, you move here. It's like a snail. You'll move. And then down the road, you'll say, what happened? I used to be on fire for the Lord. And now I'm cold. And one thing I've learned, if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. All of us. Well, that's another point. I'll bring that up later. But the thing is, is... In God's kingdom, we need to be moving forward. So not only does the word, is the word important because it tells us our condition and it reveals our attitude, but the word also is important because it shows us how to come to Christ. Listen to the word of God and what it says. You know, we all know that verse. Uh, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't say, oh, hopefully you'll be saved. Maybe you'll be saved. You know, you might be saved if God's in a good mood that day. No, it says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you know, we have a tendency a lot of times to, to, to read the verse, but we don't read what comes after. Listen to what it says after that. How then shall they call on him, on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher or one who proclaims? And then move to verse 17 of Romans 10. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word lets us know just how much God loves us. You know, we use the word love all the time. I, I love my car. I really love it. I love that dog. The church, when I retired, gave me a brand new set of golf clubs. I love those golf clubs. I really do. Somebody asked me, Brother Herb, how can you afford such golf clubs? I said, you just retire. So anyway, <laughs> we say that, but you know, God loves us with an agape love. God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come as the Lamb of God, to be sacrificed, and shed his precious holy blood on a cross for you and for me. And he paid the price for our sin. You know, there was a famous sermon preached in New Orleans years ago. And the title of the sermon was, There's a Payday Someday. Sin has got to be paid for. It has to be paid for. Otherwise, God is not a righteous God. He's not a righteous judge. And so Jesus paid the price. He took my sin and your sin upon himself. And here's the good news. He took his righteousness and placed it on us. We had a transference. He took my sin and gave me his righteousness. Now, folks, I may look like a frog. I may be a stinker. 
But I got news for you. I'm a prince. I'm part of the royal family. God loves me so much that when he looks at me, he doesn't see me. He sees the blood of Christ that covers me. And therefore, I am, I am acceptable to God and I am justified. I'm in the process of being sanctified. And one of these days, I'm going to be glorified. I can't wait till I get my new body. Because I sure have ruined this one. But man, when I think about it, I think, wow. God loves me. You know, I learned something years ago when I was struggling with alcoholism. And uh, my wife was not happy. And I was probably on the verge of losing my family and my newborn daughter. And it was during that period that I got saved. And that was a struggle to get, you know, because I, you know, I was hooked. And uh, my pastor at that time says, Herb, every time you feel the urge, sing, Jesus loves me. Folks, I'd go down that highway and I'd be screaming, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you know what? I realized he really does love me. And he really loves you. And if you'll be willing to accept his offer to come unto him and accept him as your Lord and Savior. And it doesn't say accept him as your Savior. It says accept him as your Lord. Now, I'm going to give you a, a good Greek word just to show you that I am educated. I just don't sound educated. But I am educated. And here, you know, you need to write this down. Here is the Greek word for Lord. You ready? Boss. <laughs> Simple as that. Boss. He's the boss. It's not my will. It's his will. So the word of God is important because it tells us our condition for God. It tells us about our attitude. And it shows us how we can come to Christ. But even more important than that, the word is important because it explains how we should live in Christ. You know, I don't know about you all, but uh, when I was born, I was a preemie. And I was a wee little baby. And when I was born, I couldn't, I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't clothe myself. I couldn't do anything. Everything had to be done for me. But I grew. I'm going to let you know a secret today. I grew to be 6'1". I grew to weigh 265 pounds. After my heart attack, I shrunk to 205. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to get some new, new parts. So I had some new knees. Twice. Guess what? Now I'm 206 and 59. I'm shrinking. But I want you to know this. I'm still growing in the Lord. If you ever think, hey, I've arrived. You haven't. There's nothing more exciting to me and those so many I know that when you open the word and you read a passage, 
that you've read a thousand times when you've been a Christian as long as I have. And God shows you a new thing. He takes you deeper and deeper and deeper. And here's the point I wanted to make a while ago. If as a Christian you ever stand still, you said, I'm going I'm to take a... I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to rest. And you stand still? You're going to be going backwards. Because you cannot stand still with the Lord. You need to always be moving forward. You need to always be growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God has so much for you, and we don't even hardly touch a little bit of it. So he explains to you in his word how we grow. We grow by reading the Bible. But it's not enough to read the Bible. You've got to apply the Bible. The Bible does you absolutely no good until you apply it and do what it says. One thing I learned years ago is when I read a passage, I bow my head. I said, Lord, show me today what you want me to know. I read it. I'm like an old cow chewing its gut. I digest it. I said, okay, God, show me what this passage means. And you know what? He'll show me something that he wants me to take a new step, or he'll show me something that I'm already doing, to saying, that a boy, you're doing good, keep going. But you've got to apply the word of God. It does you no good to uh, read it and walk away and not make any changes. And so you need to constantly be growing. You never stop. I know individuals, that's, that's a, one of the things about being in a church. I was in a church in Georgia for 20 years, and I was here in Oviedo for 20 years. That's, that's all. You know you've been there for a long time when you marry parents. And then later on they come and they want you to marry their children. You know you've been there for a while. But you know what? I know individuals who've taught Sunday school and they said, I'm going to take a break. I'm tired. I've been teaching Sunday school for a long time and they take a break. I have no problem with that. If it's a short break, week or two, maybe a month. But I know individuals who've they say, I'm just going to take a break. And then 15 years down the road, they're still taking a break. And they're not where they were when they were teaching. Or they're not where they were where they were serving. So you don't stop. Because if you stop, you are going to go backwards. We are to grow. And we are to continue to grow. So we grow through applying the word. We grow through prayer. We grow by ministering to other people. Look for people you can minister to. We, we, we grow by sharing our faith to let people know, hey, Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. We grow by letting people know why we have so much hope. You know, I tell people this all the time, but years ago when I was laying on that gurney and uh, I was joking with the doctor and the nurses and uh, if it hadn't been, I don't know how many of y'all know Rick Seymour, but if it hadn't been for Rick Seymour, I wouldn't be standing here today because I'm a stubborn Missouri boy. And my wife had been begging me for an hour to go to the hospital and to take me to the hospital. And I said, honey, it's just a little indigestion. You know, I just, you know, I just didn't sleep good last night. And I thought, oh, honey, I, I'm, I'm hungry. So I said, I'm going to go down to McDonald's five miles away and get a bacon, egg, and cheese. You want one? And I went down and got a bacon, egg, and cheese, got her one. And I thought, well, while I was home, I'll get me another one and eat it. And Rick came in because him and I had a, on Labor Day, we were going to do something together. And he took one look at me, and next thing you know, he's pushing the aspirin down my mouth, rushes me to the hospital. I'm having a massive heart attack. 2002. I'm on the gurney in the, in the uh, operating room. And I'm joking with the doctors and the nurses. Now, there's a point to my story here. And I'm having a great old time on that gurney. And my doctor says, Herb, 
you're joking and laughing. You got anybody cutting up in here. Do you know how serious this is? You got 100% blockage. You got a little damage to your heart. And I says, Doc, you don't understand. If you fix my problem, which praise God he did, I get to stay with Dorothy. That's not a bad thing. And if you don't fix my problem, I can go be with Jesus. Doc, you can't threaten me with heaven. Folks, we need to let people know we have an eternal hope. You cannot threaten us. You cannot stop us. But we got to grow in Christ. Our desire should be all that we can be in the kingdom of God. Because if you do that and you grow and you keep on keeping on and you listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Well, we try to do, we get everything to, and then we just tack Jesus on. Or we tack the, the things of God on. Or we tack the things of the church on. No, those things ought to be priority. And we seek those first, and then he'll add everything else that we need. He'll bless us be. I like these socks. <laughs> Folks, he'll bless our socks off. We miss so many blessings. So, as I finish... I want to ask you one thing this morning. What's your priorities? At this moment, you're hearing the word of God. You're hearing God's heart as he speaks through the preacher. He loves you. He has so much for you. So you're hearing the word of God. You're, you're married this morning. But what about tomorrow? What is your priority could be tomorrow? Are you going to allow that mean old devil and his demons distract you from the things that are the most important? You know, you don't have to. Over in 1 John 4, 4, it says, Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It's not that you're doing, necessarily doing things that are wrong. You may not be doing the things that's best. One of the things I learned years ago, though something I keep being in my mind, it says, good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. Folks, get that. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. Always be growing in the Lord. And if you do that, here's what's going to happen. You set your mind. Says other people can do what they want to do, but it's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. The Lord's going to be first in my life. And if you'll do that, and you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there's going to come a day. And that day, you're going to stand before Jesus. And you're going to win a crown. You're going to win the victor's crown. You're going to win the crown of righteousness. If you're a soul winner, you're going to win, win the crown of rejoicing. And you hear Jesus say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And you'll be forever with the Lord. But the key is, do you have the Lord? And does the Lord have you? For years, 25 years, I rested on religion with no relationship. But in 1966 at Briarlake Baptist Church, 
I heard a message. As I sat on the back row, didn't want to be there, but I was there because I promised my wife I, I'd go. And I heard a message between the religion and relationship, and I realized I had religion but no relationship. And that morning, I committed my life to Christ. Five verses of Scripture were shared. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But as many as received him, to them he gave the privilege to become the children of God. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Jesus saying, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and invites me to come in, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and he with me. I'll have a relationship. Never heard that before. That morning I went down and committed my life to Christ. This morning, for our invitation, we have these little welcome cards. I hope you filled them out because we would like to know that you're here so we can minister to you. And your response to the word today, if you don't know for sure that you're going to die right now, I mean, no, no, for sure, if you were to die right now, you go to heaven. If you're 99% sure but 1% unsure, write that down here. If you'd like to have a visit, put that down. Whatever your decision is, put it down. Put it in the offering plate. Put your prayer requests down. I believe in prayer, and one of the things I'm going to try and do is I'm personally going to try to pray for every prayer request unless it gets to the point, because I'm only up here a day and a half where I can't, but I'm going to try and pray for every prayer request as I did last week. And you only need to help me, because I don't know why. You know, you get habits. Somebody came to my office last week at uh, the main campus, and I'm sitting there with my eyes closed, and I should have had my door shut, and I'm praying I had the card up there. I don't know why I do that, but I do that. And I'm going to try and give you a little, let you know that I prayed for you. Prayer is important. Put it down. Pray with me. Thank you for here. We have a lot of empty seats, and that's, I'm excited about that because that tells me we got room for anybody who wants to come. Next week, make sure that you invite somebody. Bring somebody with you. And don't miss next week, because next week I'm going to tell you and talk to you about saints. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this day. I just thank you for the privilege of allowing me to be here with my brothers and sisters. Lord, I know I talk fast. But Lord, I pray that through your Holy Spirit that you have, you have interpreted that which you laid on my heart. And Lord, I pray together as a church that we'll grow together in one accord. That Father, we'll grow and we'll enlarge your kingdom. And I pray, Father, that we, we, our lives will be changed and that we will continually grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that my brothers and sisters and those who are here today would fill out those cards. And I pray, Father, in the days to come, we will minister together that in all things we might be pleasing in your sight.